Hey, you're listening to the Encounter Church podcast. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit us at ecdenver.org, or you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Thank you for listening. So let's talk then about 2023. There is nothing biblically supernatural about New Year's to, to indicate that it's, it's the start of a fresh turnover in your life. However, as a friend of mine said to her daughter as she left for engineering school, I'm not telling you to find a husband while you're there, but don't blow a good opportunity. <laughs> right? True story. She, and she did get married her the last part of her senior year because it was an all-male school, and her mom just took her aside and said, there's guys with jobs there. You know, <laughs> it was a very devout family. But the point of that is it's a good opportunity. It's a good opportunity to, first of all, make an assessment of how you feel your life is going and how you feel it measures up against God's word. You remember the word we talked about earlier about a good place to get information? I mean, we need to think about what God wants for us, right? And let me just I ask you some questions that may be a self-diagnostic help, okay? I'm in a mood. Pat said, you're going to preach today, aren't you? I said, yeah, I'm going to preach today. It's the end of the year, and I feel like just letting it all hang out. If I offend you in the day... I don't care. <laughs> All right. It's going to be good, though. But it, my first question is this. Are there events, challenges, and individuals from 2023 that you just as soon not repeat, keep experiencing, or see again in 2024? Just a question. Just push you to think about that. All right. Second, do you believe that God wants to bless you, but... You're not sure why it's not happening. Just question. I mean, you know, everybody goes. Now, you can always find, if you really want to be honest with yourself, you can always find blessings from God. There is never a time that you will not find God's blessings. But to be transparent, have you ever felt that somehow you got left out of the testimony line? You know, that, that everybody else is receiving something from God, but where's mine? You know, I'm like the unwanted kid at Christmas. Everybody else gets a new bike, and, and, and I got a lump of coal. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's something like that. We get that mental attitude, and it's not a healthy mental attitude. And that's the second question. And this, the third is this. Are you tired of having a shampoo life? Explain, please. You don't know what a shampoo is? Well, yeah, you ask, well, have you ever read the back of a shampoo bottle on the instructions? I haven't for some time. I, <laughs> no lie. Somebody literally came up to me about a year and go, what shampoo do you use? Are you serious? <laughs> it's a bar of soap. You just kind of do that and take a towel, kind of buff it up a little bit, and you're ready to go. <laughs> I mean, it's, but, but if you go to the back of a bottle of shampoo, you'll find it says to what? Lather, rinse, repeat. And so what a shampoo life is this, is it gets messy. Anybody's life ever get messy? Anybody have a messy 2023? Well, so your life gets messy, and then it gets washed and rinsed. You deal with it. Sometimes, you know, you, you deal with what you have to deal with, and it gets unmessy, or at least it gets less messy. And then you repeat, and you keep repeating. And so it's messy, clean it up, get messy again. Now, there's a certain extent that that's, that's the world we live in. It's broken. But sometimes you just keep wondering why you keep getting the same problems over and over and over again, and you'd love to trade them for a new set of problems. Yeah, I'm not, you know what I'm talking about. Well, if, if you answered yes to any of those questions, I want to encourage you with a word that I believe is prophetic from the Holy Spirit. 
The key to your future to, to begin to turn the page, to start a new season in your life, to take advantage of this opportunity to, to sort of going, okay, I'm drawing a line in the sand in my life, okay? January 1st, 2024, things is going to be different. The key to your future is this, leave it behind. Leave it behind. Now, right now, everybody's looking at me going, what is it? That's the question. That's the question that, that you as an individual, not me as a pastor, not Pat as a pastor, not somebody that you're going to watch on YouTube or, or on Christian television, you have to get with God and say, Lord, what is the it that I need to leave behind? I'm tired of a shampoo life. I, I, you know, God, your grace is sufficient. I've dealt with every problem that's ever come up, but God, I've been dealing with this problem forever, and I want to deal with something else. Okay, time to leave it. So what is the it I got to leave behind? You know, you come to God and you say, you know, I, 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 just, I, I just believe that you have something more for me than what I'm experiencing. I'm living a double-wide life, and I feel like I'm supposed to be in a three-bedroom ranch. No real estate agents in the house. And nothing wrong with a double wide. I lived in a trailer in college. You ever, scariest thing in the world, being a trailer in a thunderstorm. You will pray like you've never prayed in your life. <laughs> okay? It's like, dear God, don't take this thing. I've seen the movies. I don't want to do this. I mean, but come on. We got to start getting serious. We got to start asking God, what is the stuff that I got to leave behind? And if there are circumstances, events, people, challenges, you got to start asking yourself some tough questions. God, what is it I'm supposed to leave behind? And so just to sort of share with you some thoughts that might direct your, your prayers, that might direct your re personal revelation, I want us to look at, at a family from the Bible that experienced the greatest transformation in the history of recorded human, or in recorded human history. No other family that I know of has experienced a greater transformation from the circumstances in which God entered their life to where they are today. And they are in the Bible. And it's the family of a man named Abraham. Now, how many of you have heard of Abraham? Okay. Abraham, just so you know, was a pagan who had an encounter with God, who chose to follow God because of what it is God promised him. Simple as that. He was a pagan. There's some delusion out there in some people's mind that Abraham was this like godly man. Was not. He was a pagan man. And, and, and when you look at what happened to Abraham because of his decision to draw a line in the sand for him and his family, you go forward 3,800 years today and take a look at where the Jewish people are today because every single Jewish person traces their lineage back to Abram and Sarah, every single one. That's where they come from. When you look at the Jewish people, they have grown from a, a childless couple in the middle of Mesopotamia to about 14 to 15 million people. They represent a very small fraction of the world's population, 0.2%. 0.2%. But these 0.2% people are blessed, and they are influential. There are literally no areas of, of, of art you know, entertainment, media, publishing, business, real estate, education, medicine. You can't come up with any single sphere 
anywhere where the Jewish people do not have a significant impact. You look at the Nobel Prizes. Everybody's heard of the Nobel Prizes? There's six categories. They've won 19% of all the chemistry Nobel Prizes. 0.2% has won 19%. 41% of all economics Nobel Prizes have gone to Jewish people. 13% of literature, 8% of the Peace Prizes, 25% of the Nobel Prizes in physics, Einstein, Oppenheimer, all of those men. Medicine, 26%. According to Forbes' annual list of the 200 wealthiest people in the world, I want to take a shot at the percentage that are Jewish, one in five, 0.2%. All of it traces back to a line in the sand that Abram drew when God spoke to him 3,800 years ago. You need to begin to ask God what it is you need to leave behind in 2023 if you want to start walking into what he has for you in 2024. That's why things like tonight, Oh, it's only an hour, just an hour of prayer. What difference will it make? You get a word from God, it's going to make every difference in the world. And if you don't come tonight, that's fine. People got stuff, but you better start taking advantage of the opportunities to set things aside and seek God. We got some prayer meetings that we host here. You can do it anywhere. You don't have to do it here. But every Wednesday in 2024, we're going to have a space and place where you could come just once and say, God, I'm going to tune out and turn in for a few weeks until I hear from you what it is I need to leave behind. So let's begin to look at Abram. Let's say, okay, God, what did God tell Abram to walk away from? And we began in, in, in Genesis chapter 11, verses 27. So this is the genealogy of Terah. Now, Terah begat Abram, who became Abraham, Nahor, and Haran. Haran begat Lot and some other kids. It doesn't say, but he did. And Haran died before his father, Terah, in his native land, in Ur of the Chaldeans. Again, it's Mesopotamia. Then Abram and Nahor took wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarah. The name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. Note this, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Iscah. That says that Nahor married his niece. Sarah, it says later, was actually Abraham's half-sister. <laughs> but Sarah was barren and had no child. Nay, then Terran took his son Abram and his grandson Lot and the son of Haran and the daughter-in-law Sarah, and he took his son Abram's wife, and they all went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. And when they came to Haran and dwelt there, and so the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. We go now to chapter 12, verse 1. Now, say now. The Lord had said to Abram, get out from your country, not to Abram's father, but to Abram, get out from your country, from your family, and from your father's house to the land I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless, your I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Genesis 12, 1 and 2. First thing he did, he left behind his old way of life and unbelieving friends and family. Nowhere in the Bible does it advocate marrying your sister or your niece. These were pagan practices. You kind of understand what happened to Lot's daughters later because you see it sort of that, that thing sort of carried through in the family, that incest issue. Now, I don't mean to be indelicate, but it's in the Bible, right? 
And, and what you have to understand is Abram's family was not a, a Bible-believing you know, follower of Yahweh. God picked him out and said, I want to have a relationship with you. Every one of you, that's what happened to you. God reached out and said, I want to have a relationship with you. Would you let me become a part of your life? That invitation is there for every single person on the face of this earth. And the question is whether we say yes. But if we say yes, what he told Abram is also what he's telling us. You are going to have to walk away from some stuff. You're going to have to walk away from some old ways of living that were perfectly acceptable out in the past. They're perfectly acceptable in your neighbors. Well, they're not perfectly acceptable, but, you know, God preaches to his children. And those are the ones who choose to be. You, you can't conform to this world. The New Testament is full of this. Do not be conformed to the standards of the world. It'll kill you. You want to walk in my blessing? Leave the old way of life. You may have to change locations. You may have to get away from some un well, how can I, unbelieving friends and family. I don't want a show of hands, by the way, online community. This is for you as well. Anybody got some relatives that if you did what they told you to do, your life would be a total wreck? Just asking, oh, well, I don't know what you should have done. You should have done this. You know, and, and yet we, we stay connected. It's not that you stop loving them, but sometimes you got to walk away. True story. You, many of you know that I led a singles group from like 22 to 30, right? That was part of my ministry at a church in Kansas City. Had over 100 people in this group. It was really cool at the time. But, but we had some people that I didn't understand the choices they made. There was a girl that came in. We, it was a New Year's Eve, as a matter of fact. A bunch of us had gone out. We'd gone out to eat. We hadn't gone out doing anything immoral or corrupt. We'd just gone out and had fun. Got back in about 1 o'clock. I saw her at church the next week, and I said, how'd it go? She said, oh, I got in trouble. Now, this is a 26-year-old woman living at home with her mom. And I said, what happened? She said, oh, man, mom said I broke curfew. She's so mad at me. She spanked me. And I went, she did what? <laughs> she did what? And she spanked me. I said, you let somebody hit you with a paddle? Are you crazy? Well, you know, mom said that I got to submit to a Bible. And gave her some stupid religious junk because her mom was a manipulative, controlling freak. <laughs> Do you want me to candy coat this? <laughs> or do you want me to preach a little today? I told you I'm getting wild here today, Pat. There's a 26-year-old woman with a job. She's paying rent. You know, she needed to leave home or she needed to tell mom, you touch me with that stick, I'm going to whap that thing upside your head. <laughs> okay? Because it was wrong. It was, it was perverse. It was crazy. And she kept this girl stunted like a 12-year-old when she's supposed to be a woman. And she kept waiting. I don't know why God hasn't brought me a husband. How would you know mom would have to approve it? And I don't think mom wants any competition. <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> okay. I'm just telling you, there's some things you need to leave behind. And some of it is your old way of living. That's just, it's got to go. And so we begin to further talk about Abram. And we begin to, to, to realize this. You will always have to change if you want to experience God. Change how you live, and you sometimes have to change who you live with. That's in print. So we can send what happened to Abram when he finally, the one person that you could argue Abraham took with him that he shouldn't have is a guy by the name of, and when he finally ditched Lot, he had another encounter with God, and this is what God said. 
And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and width, for I give it to you. But that promise didn't happen until he ditched Lot. Didn't stop loving Lot, didn't stop helping Lot, continued to do stuff for Lot, but man, can't walk with you because you're not on the same page. He left behind his fear of the future. He did. I mean, it's a little, when you leave home and you leave everything that you're comfortable with and you get taken to a place that you don't have any relatives, you got no support system, you don't have a tribe that's your tribe because everybody's tribal in those days. It's terrifying. In fact, there's an incident where Lot, remember Lot? Lot gets captured. Abraham has to go get it, you know, gathers it all, comes back and gives away a tithe of the spoils, gives it to God. First incident of tithing in the Bible. Interestingly enough, the very next thing that happens to him, he says, after these things, this is Genesis 15:1. the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. Anybody get afraid in 2023? Hey, thank you in the back. I love the hand. Love the honesty. I got afraid about some stuff in 2023. There's some of you, if we're honest, we get afraid about stuff. We get afraid that, okay, if, you know, God's want me to do something. He wants me to forgive. Oh, but if I forgive, then, then that means they're going to get away with it. God wants me to be generous. I can't be generous. I can't even pay my bills, let alone help somebody else pay their bills. God has to understand. God wants me to, to do what? Change jobs? Job, God wants me to get rid of this person that I keep thinking this relationship would work out? Another story from my single days. We had a gal that had this dude. Why is it always a dude? Why, well, you know, but, but she, he, she had this dude, and this dude wasn't interested in God. He'd come to church a few times just to make her happy, but he wasn't going to get serious about her. What he really wanted was nookie about once a week. Y'all know what nookie is, right? Do I need to translate that? Steve, if somebody doesn't know what nookie is, go see Steve Pennington. He'll be happy to get you all. <laughs> Sorry, Steve, you're sitting back there, and I love you. But, but basically, she had a friend with benefits, and, and, and he wasn't interested in nothing. And I remember talking to her, well, I think he's going to come around. Really? I think he's going to come around, but it ain't the same thing you mean. <laughs> okay? Find a man that loves God, or at least is trying to love God. Give him a shot. And just because, don't settle for this guy, just because you're desperate to be loved. I don't know why I'm on these today, but Pat... That's what came to me, so that's all right. Okay. But he stopped being afraid. You got to stop being afraid. You got to start trusting God's promises more than you do the circumstances you're in. And he, to do that, he left behind his unbelief. And it says in continuing on in chapter 15, Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I, have, I go childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is not born in my house, is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir. 
but one who will come from your own body will be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And this is the verse I want you to, it's verse six of chapter 15. And he believed in the Lord. It's interesting, he didn't say he believed the Lord. It says, in the Lord. He believed what, what God was, which was the creator of heaven and earth. He believed that whatever the Lord said would happen, would happen because it was the Lord who was saying it. It was the Lord who said, let there be, and everything happened. He believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. So, Abraham, I'm not asking you to do anything. I'm just asking you to trust me. He left behind his unbelief. And the best way to keep believing in God's promises is to keep reminding yourself of God's promises. Why did God look at Abraham and say, come outside with me, man. Just come outside with me. Look up. Every time the sun goes down, I want you to look up. Every time the sun goes down, I want you to look up. And I want you to remember what I told you your future would be. We think about Noah. Remember Noah? The whole earth gets flooded, takes Noah's side. He said, come outside. The sun is up. The rain is out. Take a look at what you see. What do you see? A rainbow. Every time you see a rainbow, you remember that we will not destroy the earth with water. People are worried about, you know, the seas rising. That may happen, may not happen, but the earth isn't getting destroyed by water. The earth is going to get destroyed by fire. And you can shut down all the power plants you want to, and fire is still coming. Just thought I'd mention that. It's the end of the year. You can give me a break for one Sunday. You know? This is the point. I mean, you got to figure out how to remind yourself of God's promises. And only you can do that. I can do it every Sunday. Pat can do it in a transition time. We can do it on a Sunday night. But if you want to leave your unbelief behind, you're going to have to replace it with a confidence in his promises that comes by reminding yourself, I would argue daily that this is what the Bible says is my inheritance as a child of God. This is what the Lord says is mine. This is how he said my life's supposed to look like. This is what he said would happen if I would leave some stuff behind. All good. I'm happy now. (laughs) And he left behind, this is the last point of what he's leaving behind, his limited vision and old self-image. What do you mean? What are you talking about? Abram, looking at his body, he's, he's, what, 99? His body's dead. He ain't having kids. He looks at Sarah. Sarah, you old. (laughs) I mean, Sarah's like, you ain't having kids. He looks around. He said, I'm outnumbered. I got enemies out there. He's saying, where, you know, I I got nobody. The only relative I got is a guy named Lot, and he's pitiful. I don't even want to hang out with him. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you. Not between the guy next door, but between me and you. And will multiply you exceedingly. And then Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant, my unbreakable agreement is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram. 
But your name shall be Abraham, means father of many nations. For I have made you a father of many nations, and I will make you exceedingly fruitful. Not just fruitful, but exceedingly fruitful. And I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant. All you have to do is look at what has happened to the Jewish people. Despite their persecution, they are arguably the most persecuted people group on the history, in the history of the world. You know, program after program, you know, genocide, you know, hatred. You got people today that hate the Jews. For what reason? Why? It's irrational to me. Why do you hate the Jews? Well, you know, they're... they're, they're, they're. It's, it's perverse delusion born from the pit of hell. Just saying it. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. And I will give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger. All the land of Canaan is an everlasting possession. I will be their God. He left it behind. What were you? I was one guy with a wife and no kids few servants in the middle of the desert. That's not who I am. I'm a man in covenant with the creator of the universe. I'm a man with a promise from the creator of the universe that says, I'm going to bless you, not just you, I'm going to bless your children, children that you don't even have yet. And, and not only will you have kids, they're not going to be knuckleheads. A few of them were. <laughs> okay. But they're going to be kings. They're going to have influence. They're going to step out. They're going to do stuff. Your kids are going to be amazing, amazing. And I will be in relationship with them forever. And that is the, that is the promise that God says is ours. It says in the New Testament that Christ came, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. It says that the covenant we have through Christ's blood is better than the covenant they had. Because God is for us and not against us but he's challenging us to leave it behind. That toxic relationship, leave it behind. That that poor self-image, leave it behind. That habitual sin, leave it behind. That propensity to wear the same clothes as Pat on a Sunday morning, leave it behind. (laughs) Expand your wardrobe, get a blue suit, you know, go out, do something. (laughs) Leave it behind, Whatever the it is that you need to leave behind. Because my it is different than Pat's it's. It's different than, you know, your it's. It's different. Leave it behind. And what he actually did, the essence of what it means to leave it behind, is he embraced his new relationship with God. It wasn't just an intellectual thing. It was a heart thing. It was a, he, he, he structured his life around his relationship with God. Didn't leave his wife, didn't leave his servants, didn't change his occupation. He was the same shepherd, herdsman, whatever, after God as he was before God. The difference was he gave his family and his vocation and his future to the Lord to direct. Trusting God, trusting God, trusting God above all things. And so in that faith, in that abandonment of his fear, in that embracing of change, in that line in the sand that he drew, 
He said, you know, we're going to follow God. Genesis 17, 1 through 9, or verse 9. And he said to Abram, as for you, you will keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you, throughout their generations. So we bring this service to a close. Pat said, tonight we have prayer. Again, I realize it's last minute. Some of you have other things going on, but you're going to have to figure out what it is. What is the it? And so in the chair in front of you, you should have something called a prayer request. It looks like this. I want you to take it out. Seriously, everybody take this out. Pat, people who are in the front row need one. Would you just hand it out to them? So we're going to take a couple of minutes. I know we're... We're 17 after. Ensel told me that if I didn't get him home in time for the Miami game, he's going to hate me forever. But that's a, that's, you, you can pause a moment for God, can't you, brother? You can pause a moment for God. He's really mad at me right now. He really is. If you don't have friends, who do you have to pick on? I, I don't know. Maybe that's what I'd leave behind. But I want us to pray for a couple minutes. And I want us to say, okay, God. I answered yes to those three questions. I don't want to have a shampoo life. I don't. I, want, I don't want to have a shampoo life. I really do believe you want to bless me, but I just don't understand why it's just not happening. And there are some things that went on and some people that were in my life this last year. That, dude, I don't want to do it again. Not the same way. I want change to come. And this December 31st, Father, I just, I just, I just, I don't, I want to stop trying to figure out what I need to do different without your input. I need your input. Do I need to get sober? Do I need to start reading the promises and reminding myself daily of what those promises are? Do I need to walk away from toxic attitudes, poisonous unforgiveness? What do I need to leave behind? I feel like I mean, I'm just going to say what I've got in my heart. I feel like God said there's a 21-day period that some of you need to commit to spending God, time with God every day for 21 days and journal what you feel the Lord reveals to you over these 21 days. And if you do, at the end of the 21 days, the stuff that's in the ether, the stuff that's in the ethereal will become real to you, that you will begin to, okay, I thought it was this, but it's really this. And God's going to take all of the possible things you could do differently this year and whittle them down to two or three that you really go, no, that, that's what I need to focus on. But I feel like it's like a 21-day, for, for some people, it's going to be a 21-day process. If for 21 days, you're just going to stop, take 15 minutes out of your day to just to sit and listen to the Holy Spirit and write down what you think you hear God saying every day. Some of you, he's telling you right now, you know exactly what you need to put on this paper. You just leave behind. Leave behind. Some of you need to leave behind your, your lack of faith. You need to, you need to say in Jesus' name, I want to become a Christian. Not just a believer in God, but a follower of Christ. And only you can make that decision. Your mom can't make it. Your dad can't make it. Your grandparents can't make it. Showing up in church is not a decision. It's, it's an opportunity. Some of you online, you, you, you honestly need to stop pretending you're a Christian and start becoming one. 
by saying, in Christ's name, I repent of my sins. And I ask you, Lord, to help me follow your will for my life. Because I believe in Christ and I believe in his resurrection. And only you can make that choice. To leave behind your old ways. To leave behind your Ur of the Chaldeans and step into your Canaan, your promised land. If you feel like you have it, you can write these down. And what do I want you to do with these? Well, I'd love for you to come back tonight and bring these with you. But again, if you can't, I want you to hang on to them. And when you're ready, I want you to make two copies, one for yourself and one for the church. And I want you to, to drop it off in our prayer box or hand it to me, your Pat or Eliphaz or Kurt or Steve, because Steve will be back soon in Jesus' name, or Preda or, or Pastor Bree up here, any of us, Pastor Lex. And we want to just pray with you. And we want to believe just as Pat said in the transition, that 2024 is the release of something amazing. Thank you so much for choosing to spend your New Year's Eve morning with us here at Encounter. Uh, we hope that you have a blessed, blessed rest of the day. And we hope that your 2024 is everything that God wants it to be because you're willing to leave it behind. Go with God. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit ecdenver.org or find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.